Welcome to the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast, a show designed for brand new sales reps working in the world of tech sales. I'm your host, Neil Buyan, and I'm going to be taking you on a journey on the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast. Did you know that you can watch this show live with the guests on YouTube? This show is available on YouTube at happyselling.io. Hi there, listeners. It's Neil here, and today we have a special episode. Hello listeners and hello watchers, welcome to another episode of the SDR Disco Core podcast slash vidcast and I'm looking forward to today's show as we've got another great guest, somebody that I connected with on LinkedIn, had a discussion and got him here. But for all you listeners out there and for our watchers, please make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss future episodes. And if you can and do us a favor, please give us your rating on your local podcast platform. So coming back to our guest, this is somebody that I connected with earlier uh, on LinkedIn during the world of remote selling and the pandemic that was going on. And this guest reached out to me and said, Neil, I like your show. I'd like to be a guest, but I don't know if it's for me. Uh, And the main reasons was because they weren't fundamentally the word SDR in their title. And if anything, they're actually quite up higher. Uh, and again, the question was, am I too old for this? And the two points is, if you're in the world of sales or business development, you're on board. And regardless of age, we don't discriminate. We want everybody on this show regardless. So I said, yes, I want to get you on. So I'd love to introduce Stephen Sidnam. Stephen, how are you doing today? And welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Neil. Thank you. It's good to be on. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Very good. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining today, sir. So, Stephen, for the listeners and the watchers uh, for this show, could you please introduce, like, who are you, like, where are you based in the world, what do you do, and kind of what do you do at the company that you're at? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so my name is uh, Stephen Sidnam, as uh, as said. Uh, so, who am I? Um, as Neil has already said, I'm uh, getting quite old now, so I'm... <laughs> 41 years old um, and uh, currently I'm the, the Chief Commercial Officer of uh, a Polish software house called Kodeka. Um, uh, so I'm based in, uh, in Krakow in the south of Poland. Uh, it's a beautiful city. If you haven't visited, I, I suggest you go. 100%. Um, and, uh, and in terms of what I do, I'm the Chief Commercial Officer there. Um, and, uh, and I kind of do, I drive everything, uh, that is to do with the commercial. So, uh, the marketing, the, uh, sales, uh, the branding, uh, but primarily the, uh, uh, the revenue generation, I guess, is, is what you would say. Um, uh, in terms of Kodeka itself, uh, as I said, Kodeka is a, a software house, um, that, uh, that kind of does everything that a software house can do. Um, in terms of full cycle development, product design, audits, team on demand, team augmentation, that kind of thing. Love it. So a man of many responsibilities and multiple hats, uh, working in the world of software based out in Krakow in Poland, which is somewhere I really, really want to go out to. Um, You must be one hell of a busy man, Stephen. Uh, Yeah, that's a bit of an understatement of the year, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, oh, I love it. And you know, like outside of sales, like what do you kind of like get up to? Like what floats your boats? Like what's your hobbies and what's your interests there? Um, so, I mean, obviously, primarily uh, my my main interest is my son. So, mm-hmm. um, so I have a, a six year old little boy, uh, or oh. seven year old. Sorry, uh, he's just turned seven. Ah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've got a seven year old little boy. Um, it takes up uh, a lot of my time on weekends, etc. Um, but, uh, he's also got into some of my hobbies. So I play a lot of golf, ah. um, which, uh, which he started to do himself. Um, so, so watch this space. There might be a new, uh, Polish, Polish stroke, English golf champion in the future. Um, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, other than that, I do, I'm, I'm also, uh, I'm a, uh, an ex or I'm a theatre graduate. So. Um, I do some uh, kind of Amdram stuff, uh, but mainly I do music. So I've got, uh, um, uh, I work with a few bands here in, in Krakow. Uh, and I've got my own, my own band as well, so that keeps me busy. Yeah. Ah, sweet. I absolutely love that. So we've got quite a few things in common. So again, I'm a dad. My son's six. He's going to be seven next week. Uh, okay. His thing is dancing. 
Uh, and yes, he takes up a lot of my time on weekends as well. And maybe he might be the future dancer. Recently, he's actually said he's really into football because I think of like the the England games that have been on recently as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, like again, just in terms of music, I'm also a rapper and I jam with bands and stuff. So you never know, guys and girls, there could be a future jam session between. Yeah, definitely. Steven. That sounds like a great idea. A nice, <laughs> nice uh, collaboration. Online collaboration, I think that sounds like a great idea. Indeed, indeed, sir. So, <laughs> um, so, like, kind of coming back to your story. So, for the listeners that are listening through the podcast, as you're aware, this is also a video based show. So, don't forget to get onto our YouTube channel where you can see us uh, sharing our screens and information about our guests. But Stephen, like looking at your your LinkedIn profile, I absolutely love that profile. Look at that. Just I love the beard. I love like the attire and everything like that. It's actually sponsor. Uh, but kind of like going back in the days, like kind of like seeing like where you've come from. And I think this is one of the things that stood out to me. Like whenever I'm reviewing guests, I'm always looking for interesting journeys to kind of like to where they are today. Um, so obviously, like with being from the University of Plymouth, like doing a BA in drama and dramatics and theatre arts, so now I get that. Uh, you've been a sales manager within the hospitality industry, like the famous Weatherspoons and like the 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 you know the hotel industry as well. You've yeah. been a key account manager at Freshmail. You've done uh, been a PR and project manager. You've been a sales project manager. You've been a sales director. You've been a team lead um, as well within the hospitality sector. Uh, and then obviously you was the head of business development back in Gen 21 for Kadeka, and you've worked your way up to be the CCO uh, over the last six months. Yep. So that's a lot of experience and there's a lot of interesting stories there. But Stephen, like, could you kind of start from the beginning, like in your own words, like how did things kick off and how did you get to where you are today, sir? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be honest, I mean, that doesn't really cover half of it. Um, Fill us so, in. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, actually, uh, uh, when uh, when you and I first met, Neil, I, I did uh, tell you a little story that actually I tell I tell most people actually, but um, but yeah, I mean, kind of sales is really uh, sales has always been in my blood. So um, I, I remember as far back as uh, when I was six years old, um, my my father was heavily involved in uh, Formula One in motor racing, mm-hmm. um, and he uh, he had a business called Racing for Britain, where he sponsored uh, British drivers. Um, namely Johnny Herbert, Martin Brundle, the two big ones, um, to to kind of get them a seat into Formula One. Cool. Um, and so I spent most of my childhood going along to race meetings with him um, and uh, part of his business. So it was like a membership-based business, basically. So uh, people would join as a member of Racing for Britain um, and part of that money would then go to, uh, to the drivers, to sponsoring the drivers. Mm. Um, so even at six years old, I was stood there, you know, stopping people as they were walking past and talking to them about racing for Britain and, and trying to get them to join as, as members and selling the, the merchandise that my dad had, like yeah. the t-shirts and the badges and things like that. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I kind of watched my dad do it. I watched, you know, I was constantly watching my, my dad um talking to new people and networking and mm. selling and uh, and he you know he had he had a few businesses through his lifetime um and it was always the same thing you know i mean he was always kind of uh, bringing in new clients and etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah. so i had a good i had a very good mentor in that in that sense from mm. a very early age um and uh, and then obviously with uh, with doing um uh, kind of uh, uh, drama and theatre and things like that. Um, it kind of, you know, it seems like a, it's, it's like a, a, nat- a natural kind of thing for me to do, really. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> so yeah. I mean, as you said, you know, I mean, I started off. Uh, I was an out of work actor. I was working in bars and restaurants and things like that. Um, I was uh, in London for a while, um, and I was actually working for. Uh, Mitchells and Butler, which was then uh, Seven Continents, I think, something like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I suddenly found myself in a position where I was uh, running a pub in central London, uh, in Bank in central London at the age Must of Must have been 19. busy. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was 19 years old, and uh, the manager, uh, who was an Australian guy, just turned around to me one day and said, uh, I'm going back to Australia, um, and uh, you're taking over. Um, and and I kind of went right okay um <laughs> so, so if, we pause, if we pause there for a minute because there are two interesting aspects here as well so like okay. well a few actually 
So like having uh, that father figure and that role model to kind of learn about the world of sales, like, you know, sponsorships, like trying to get people into the membership side. Yeah. Uh, and at six years old to be influenced by that is absolutely beautiful. And I love it. And I've, we've had quite a few guests where their family members had worked in sales and it's kind of something they wanted to aspire to, but they never knew kind of how they were going to do it later in life. Uh, another thing that I've seen with a few guests, a lot of us have come from a performance background. So we've had people that have done theatre and drama or, you know, perhaps music. And I think the reason that's interesting for me is whenever I'm hiring for like future SDRs and I come across somebody that has like a performance and arts background, that really like I'm really curious to yeah. see like what their presence is. And the reason I say that is... I've always kind of thought sales is a performance, right? Because yes, you've got an audience, which is, yeah, yeah because <laughs> you've got your audience, which are your prospects. Perhaps you're doing a presentation or a demo. You're kind of trying to give them the wow factor. And, you know, you want to add in elements of humor to that as well. Because I think people buy from people and people connect with people versus, you know, robotic scripts and things that just don't sound natural and flow. Absolutely. Um, but then, like you said, <clears throat> coming into central London at Bank at the age of 19, you're working within uh, this hospitality like pub uh, sector and this manager says to you, right, age 19, you're going to take over. Like what was going through your mind and like what happened, Stephen? Um, I mean, to be honest, I, got, I, uh, I mean, it's a very good question. Um, what was going through my mind? Uh, panic was one. <laughs> yeah. um, that was that was the initial reaction was uh, was panic. Um, but I mean, to be honest, I mean, he I mean, he was pretty good. I mean, you know, I did panic and I, I did kind of say to him, you know, you know, Christ, you know, I can't do that. You know, mm. um, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, and uh, and he actually, you know, he was the one that said to me, you know, believe in yourself. You know, I mean, you, mm. you know what you're doing. You've been working with me. You've been doing it all already. Nothing's going to change. You know, you you just keep keep doing what you're doing. Um, and uh, and so you know, so I did. Um, and uh, I mean, that place was uh, was turning over about thirty six k a week. Um, uh, With all so we had bankers. all the bankers, yeah, yeah, we had all the bankers, and uh, and the the their headquarters BT was just up the road, so they all came in for their lunch and things like that. Nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was daunting to say the least, um, but I've never been one to to kind of shy away from uh, you know from a challenge um, or or you know to to kind of be scared by anything. Um, uh, or well, I mean, I have, but uh, I mean, one one of the things actually, and as I'm I'm going to put I'm going to inject this now because it seems Go like a good, good time to, to do it. But there's uh, one of the one of the books that really kind of changed things for me that I read um, uh, within life and and also within sales, to be honest, especially within sales, um, was uh, uh, and I've actually got it here, which is because um, uh, I'm encouraging my wife to read it. Um, oh. But uh, I'm, I'm actually rereading it now, um, and I actually read it then at that time mm. um, when I was 19 because uh, somebody suggested it to me, um, and it's this book here. And it's a, a little plug. So but feel it's, the it's, fear and do it anyway, Susan Jeffers. I love that. Yeah. So for again so, for the for the watchers out there, if you've seen that, we'll also uh, put the link to that book so that people can get a copy of that and check it out. But yeah, give us like what's the spiel on the book like? What, what yeah, so I mean, basically, it's it's. Uh, it's it's kind of a people kind of some people might say it's a self-help book but it's not really it's just it's essentially just kind of looking at um uh as it said kind of uh, feeling the fear and then and then you know kind of looking past that and kind of accepting the fear um and uh, and then using that fear to kind of drive you forward mm. um and uh, and you know for me it it, it, it 100% relates to sales you know, because like uh, at every stage of it, you know, whether it is um, the initial phone call, you know, the cold call, everybody, everybody, you know, especially when you first start sales, you you, you fear that cold call yeah. more than anything else because it's <laughs> that, you know, not it's not the call, it's not the actual talking to somebody, it's the rejection. Everybody hates rejection. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no way of, uh, there's no other way around it. Everybody hates being rejected. Um, but obviously, as a as a salesperson, you know whether you're an SDR or any other type of salesperson, um, you know you have to deal with rejection. 
Yeah. Um, and, and that's it. You know, rejection is 90% of your life, basically, <laughs> when, you, when you're in sales, you know. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, you know, and it, it also kind of reflected back to stuff that I did on, uh, on stage as well, because I, I suffered from stage fright quite a lot. Yep. Um, and uh, so I had to kind of overcome that, obviously, otherwise I was not going to be very good. Uh, in theatre, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So I, I kind of, um, you know, I dealt with it. Um, I kind of faced my fear um, and and just did it anyway, basically, and, and just got on with it. Absolutely um, love that. And, and I think that, like that, that's like so. There's again some really interesting topics here as well. So like going back to, you know, your manager kind of saying to you like you can do this. Like you've been doing it for a while. Nothing's really going to change. And I think with SDRs, uh, sometimes when they're new to a role or they're new to like being into sales and, you know, like you say, calling people, emailing people and facing that rejection, a lot of the times as like a coach or a manager, it's your role to uh, get them out of their comfort zone and provide them, you know, responsibilities, which can like, you know, level them up as well. Yeah. And I find I found this with like students as well, like where I'm or been a manager and said, right, you're going to be doing this type of SDR work. You're going to be more strategic on your accounts. You're going to be doing more calling. You're going to be sending out more videos. And they're like, uh, uh, I'm not sure. Like, I don't really know if I want to do that. And I think that's human, right? It's just natural yeah. Yeah. To, to be fearful of things that you don't know how it's going to pan out. But I think to your point, like just like taking it by the horns and facing that fear uh, and running with it is, you know, it's, it's, it's a sign of strength. And it's something that we should always be doing, like to get ourselves. I'm constantly pushing out of my comfort zone on a regular basis because that's how I know that I'm going to grow, right? Yeah. Um, and with uh, with that book, so again, for the listeners and watchers, we'll definitely put a link into that as well. But I love that where you said, like, you're facing your fears. And I think in the mindset of fears, it's not so much the action at hand or the task. It's more so just doing it. That's the initial fear. Yeah. And what I found is, like, again, when I used to cold call or when I used to, like, try a new way of prospecting, I was like, I have no idea how this is going to pan out. And I'm actually cacking my pants and this could completely go wrong. You're right, it could, but the other side of it is it could go completely fine and it could be, yeah. you know, just totally okay. And I think what I try to, and for our guests and listeners, like for SDRs is to Stephen's point, when you face that fear, nine times out of ten, once you've done the action and it's been done, you may think to yourself, do you know what, it wasn't that bad or it wasn't yeah. as bad as I thought. And you think, do you know what, I can go do it again. So it's initially facing that fear by... Yeah like you know grabbing the bull by the horns getting it done and then just reflecting back on it and thinking was it that scary should i have been that worried you know like you always yeah. got to try something new but again thank you Stephen, for that reminder so yeah no that's all. so like you've got the book like um this manager has kind of given this responsibility to like you know run this pub like what happened after that Stephen? yeah so i mean so basically i mean so so i did that for uh for a number of months um, and, uh, and, you know, happy to say that I did that successfully. Um, and then essentially what, then what happened was my area manager then came to me, um, and, uh, and said to me, look, we've got, uh, a, uh, another pub, um, that is not doing very well. Uh, you've done extremely well with kind of running this pub and marketing it and bringing in new clients, etc. Mm. And, um, and, uh, so we would like you to go to this, to uh, the other pub. Yep. Um, and you know, see what you can do with it, basically. Hmm. Um, and uh, so, I was, the the idea was to work closely with the area manager and to 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 kind of go into this pub and, and see what could be done and um, and turn it back into a profitable business. Um, and, uh, and so that's what I did, you know. And and I kind of um, I just went in with an open mind uh, and and I looked at where it was going wrong, the failings. Um, uh, what could be improved, what couldn't, um, and uh, and I turned that business around, uh, turned that back into a profitable um, uh, uh, pub, yep. um, which then led me to another one, uh, which then led me to another one and another <laughs> one and another one and another one, and so I did that then for for quite a while actually for for that company, um, and uh, and then actually then I started to then do that uh, independently. Yeah. Um, so I was working for uh, for a number of different brands, um, and I would just simply go into into businesses, whether they were bars or restaurants or uh, hotels, um, and uh, and basically just do the same thing, just assess uh, what was happening within that establishment uh, at the time, 
um, so that I could, uh, and a lot of the time what I actually did was um, I went in for two weeks. It was kind of a, like a, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, like a, a secret uh, customer kind of thing. Okay, yeah, like a mystery um, shopper. Yeah, mystery shopper. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I was looking for. Um, so, so it was a bit like that kind of approach. So, essentially, what I what I did was I took two weeks where I would go in as a customer, um, or oh. I would sit at the bar and I would watch and listen, and I would listen to the staff, and I would you know, um, and I would go and eat at the restaurant or stay in the hotel, and I would you know do these different things, um, and uh, and that would give me you know the best overview really of um, the kind of the point of view from a client. Mm. Um, and obviously, you know, that's the most important point of view when it comes to, to selling anything um, is, is the client because, you know, if the client's not happy, then they're not going to buy. You know, it's as simple as that. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, I just kept on using that kind of uh, thinking that, you know, that methodology. Yeah. Um, and, and it worked, basically. So, so that was, that was kind of how, how I did it. Um, okay. So yeah, but I mean, I mean, in between that, obviously, I did um, uh, before I kind of got into into hospitality. I, uh, my very first job was a sales job, so I worked in um, uh, uh, curries. That's going back a few years. Yeah, so like um, the digital, uh, like peripherals, like equipment, laptops, etc. Yeah, yeah. And so VCRs, yeah, yeah, yeah. VCRs yeah, well. and washing machines, and yeah, 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 yeah all of that kind of thing. Um, so I worked for them. That was my that was my very first job. So. Um, so, you know, as I say, you know, sales is something I've always done, you know, so yeah. it's, uh, um, and then I kind of, uh, I think the, the, the worst sales job that I ever had, um, <laughs> was, uh, when I was living in Bristol and that was just after I was in London. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I went to work for a, uh, a sales a sales company, okay. um, which was uh, um, which was basically we went round door to door uh, selling charity. Um, okay. So so we got people to uh, sign up and uh, uh, on a direct debit yeah. to like five pounds or ten pounds a month to to this charity. Um, and it was it was kind of an insight into a whole new different type of sales. Mm. Um, it was very Americanized. It was yeah. very um, uh, kind of uh, like at the end of the day, we would all come home and there would be a triangle, a bell and a gong. And you, <laughs> we'd all have to stand around in a circle. And, uh, you know, depending on how many sales you made that day, you'd go in and do the triangle, the bell <laughs> or the gong and then go around and high five everybody. And, uh. um, and it, you know, I mean, it, perhaps it works for some people, but for yeah. me, it, it just didn't sit right with me at all. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and I kind of thought, no, you know, I'm not, I'm just not doing this anymore. But yeah. the one thing that, the one thing that I did get from working there, the, uh, the, the best kind of learning curve from there, um, was, uh, was, was rejection that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it was as simple as knock on a hundred doors, 10 of them are might, you know, are going to possibly sign up basically. So, yeah. You know, ninety uh, kind of 90% of those people are, are either going to just say no politely or they're going to yeah. say no un very unpolitely uh, and slam doors in your face and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, walking around the cold streets of, uh, of Bristol, Bristol. Yeah. Um, in the middle of winter uh, with getting doors slammed in your face all day, um, um, it's, uh, you know, it was a, it was a, a massive learning curve, uh, uh -huh. to say the least. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I mean, it, it, like I say, I mean, it did, uh, it kind of built character in the, in the sense of, uh, of, of dealing with that rejection and, and kind of just carrying on regardless, you know, so. Definitely. And there are like with, with that, uh, the story. So thank you so much for sharing those. Those are some great stories around this and definite pits that, uh, I want to pick about. And I know we're going a little bit back here, but like, um, you know, within that establishment of fixing up that pub that you was working with. And it was beautiful that your area manager recognized that talent and just said, hey, Stephen, sure. you know what? You've done well here. We've got another pub that we want to put you in. Um, and then being able to, you know, replicate that and, you know, fix what was wrong and get them up and running. And then, like you said, you went on to the other one, the other one, the other one, the other one. And I can relate to that because as like an SDR coach with Happy Selling, that's kind of what I do. 
You know, like I work with an SDR or business development team, which may not be working or performing to their best. I go in with things that I've learned in my previous pub or my previous SDR team. And I go in and kind of see what's what's going on in the world and then try and help them and then improve. And then I always have this ethos of I want to leave it in a better position than I found it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I may be there for six months. I may be there for 12 months. I won't be there forever because I want to try and work in as many pubs as I can because that's where I'm going to learn. Right. Yeah. Um, but I also like that stance of, you know, kind of analyzing what's working and what's not working and then bringing about that change. But something, some SDR or sales managers that might be watching this show is how do you deal with uh, like an establishment or a team that have perhaps worked an old way and then you've got to kind of get them into the thinking of working in a new way in order to be successful? How 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 did you kind of handle those situations, Stephen? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I mean, it's a, that's a very, very good question. Um, I mean, I think the, the, uh, the idea of change within within anything whether it's a, a team or whether it's an entire you know establishment or a corporate company or anything at all yeah um you know people generally don't like change mm. um and so dealing with with uh, you know um that that kind of change management almost kind yeah. of uh, role of of what you do um it's one of the hardest things really i mean you know i mean because it, you, you come up against resistance constantly yeah um people you know people generally kind of get very set in their ways um but i mean i think um i think one of the most you know one of the the kind of the key important things that i learned about sales i think was um was the idea of a, a growth mindset mm. um so, you know, it's essential for, I think, for any salesperson to have a growth mindset. Um, now, what a growth, for anybody out there that's thinking, what is a growth mindset? Yes. Um, so, the, uh, you have kind of, typically, um, you have kind of two different types of, of mindset. You have a fixed mindset, you have a growth mindset. Mm. So, a fixed mindset is, is that person that doesn't, that resists change, that doesn't want to do anything new. Uh, you know, they, they feel like, what they do works and and so therefore why would you change it etc yeah. etc um uh but i think for in order to really be successful within sales um especially if you want to uh you know kind of grow your career and kind of step up the ladder and and you know become a team leader or a manager or yep. a, a director or anything along those lines um you you know you need to be to to constantly be changing you need to constantly be um looking at new trends looking at how things work um and uh, adapting to you know adapting to clients needs adapting to um uh, adapting your your kind of uh, your work ethics um uh, everything about it basically you know you you have to uh, you have to remain kind of open-minded at all times um and never kind of uh never be settled basically yeah. I never be settled in the way that you work. Like I think um, you know, any I think anybody that that kind of feels like uh, you know, I mean, I, I mean, like for instance, like I'm like I, I said at the beginning, I'm you know, I'm 41 years old. I've been working in sales now for you know, officially for kind of 20 odd years, yeah. uh, unofficially for much longer than that. Yeah. You know, if I if I go back as far as my my father and my childhood, yeah. Um, and uh, but you know, I would never be that. You know, I would never say that I know everything about sales. Yeah. Um, and I think anybody that anybody that tells me that they know everything that there is to know about sales <laughs> um, is is either not very good at their job um, or is is failing and just doesn't want to admit it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, it's just essential. You know, I mean, you you have to uh, you have to do that. But I mean, kind of, I kind of sidelined a little bit there. But no, kind of cool. come, coming back a bit more directly to your question, um, in terms of dealing with it. I mean, I think to be honest, you know, as a manager, I think you you have to accept that uh, one, not everybody works in the same way as you. Yeah. Um, not everybody is is the is the same. You know. Um, people are very different you have to have a different approach depending on who you're talking to 
um, you know, and it, whether or not it is uh, kind of uh, hard management in terms of, you know, you've got somebody that has the ability um, that can do the work, um, but is just kind of being lazy about it, perhaps. Mm. Um, you know, you have to be perhaps a little bit harder on them. Um, but uh, I mean, most of the time it's just, uh, it just comes down to kind of a, a lack of uh, belief in themselves, mm. you know? Um, so, you know, really it's just, it's listening is the, is, is the key thing really. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, you know, and it's the same for sales, you know, I mean, if um, when you're, when you're doing sales, you know, preferably you should be listening for at least 70% of the time. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, and it's the same with management, you know, I mean, it's, if you're constantly telling people how to do something yeah. and not listening, then it means that you're not a very good manager. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, you know, yeah, just listen to what's going on around you, listen to the people, uh, you know, the best insights that you can get are from, from the team that are working together. You know, they're the ones that will tell you, well, actually, you know, this isn't quite working for us or this process doesn't quite work for us or yeah. we need something extra, you know. Um, and, uh, and if you just if you listen to that and, and you kind of take note, um, that will tell you everything that you need to know in order to make that change. Um, so, you know, yeah. And then and then, like I say, then it's just about kind of uh, doing what you can and kind of offering encouragement and offering guidance, et cetera, to, yeah. to make sure that, um, it's live sorry. TV. Don't worry about it. It is live TV. Yeah. <laughs> thunder and lightning. It's just, it's just gone. It's just thunder and lightning. It's just appeared outside my window. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, so yeah, I mean, like I say, so it's just it, listening is the key really. Um, and then, and then just offering in, encouragement and offering, uh, guidance uh, and uh, and support to to kind of instigate that change. Definitely, and I think so. That is some lightning and solid advice, Stephen. I really appreciate that, sir. <laughs> and I think um, yeah, you're right because I think one of the key learnings that I had, like as a manager or as an SDR training other SDRs when I was still in the role, was I had to realise that not everybody else is like me. Not everybody's going to do it Neil's way, <clears throat> and we all have our own ways of doing stuff. So from a management perspective being open to their ideas and how they think they can achieve those goals. Um, and also, you know, uh, as you said, the fixed mindset versus growth mindset. Um, I'm always happy to hear other people's ways of doing stuff. But what I equally ask back in return is be open with trying out new things. Because again, if I know everything and I know how to do this role, then well, how the hell am I going to grow? You know, how do I get out of doing what I do and getting more? And it's that saying of in order to, to get the things that you don't have, you have to do the things that you don't normally do, right? Yeah. Um, and equally, like you said, it's uh, there's a high element of listening and feedback between the teams. And that's why I've had this time and time again where I go into a company um, and I'm helping it like I'm doing it right now with a bunch of SDRs um, and my talented team <clears throat> where there wasn't as much of a cold calling culture, right? Okay. And my question kind of to them was like, why don't we call? And they were just like, Mm -hmm. like we, we're happy just doing emails and that's kind of what's brought us the success like to date and i'm like okay i've been kind of brought in to help you guys take it to the next level so again like why aren't we doing the calls and sitting down with the team members one-to-one -one, it just came down to the confidence element of it and it was yeah. that they hadn't yeah. really had training per se of how to do a cold call successfully so like what i did with the team is i gave them individual time where i just sat with them we did the role plays we gave the framework and now weeks have gone on calls have gone up and they're more confident in doing that and then it's the next step of right uh so typically within some SaaS companies as an sdr if you do outbound i speak to you Stephen. i've sent you an email you're quite interested uh the hope would be that i could then say to you Stephen, let's have a 15 minute chat where i can share more information about our customers being successful and seeing if our solution can also help you do the same. Mm -hmm. And in some companies, what I found is the SDR does the email, prospect is happy to connect, and then they just set up a call with the salesperson. And at that point, I'm like, well, where's the discovery? And like, how are you finding out if this person's a fit? And they're like, well, we, well, we don't do that. We just, you know, put it over to the expert. And I'm like, but how are you going to be the expert if you just hand it over? And they're like, 
Mm. And again, it was that question of, okay, so why? And trying to dig deeper into this is because, again, there was no framework. There's no training. There's no support. There's no guidance. There's no coaching. Yeah. So giving that. Uh, and then, again, the initial reaction from the team was like, well, we don't do that. And should we be doing that? And it's trying to change that mindset. But I always understand is that this takes time and it isn't overnight and I can't just force it down Absolutely. their throats. I have to help them come to their own conclusions. Um, in that so <clears throat> solid advice for anybody that's like sales managers if you're listening in Stephen you've got some solid points in and if anybody like our guests you may also be considering taking that leadership role from being an SDR or a BDR and going into sales management which again I totally advocate and think is a great step especially just before closing if that's what you want to do um, but you said another interesting piece um, which really floated my boat within that hospitality side of it where you were being like the mystery shopper and yeah. you were like seeing the experience of what a customer felt yeah. like coming through that process. And I think a lot of SaaS companies should do this more often or sales companies in general. Um, and for the SDRs, like every time I go into a new job, I pretend to be a lead and I do a demo request through their website or I download a piece of content from you know like their website as well. Yeah, and yeah. I want to see what the process is like on follow-up. And sometimes yeah. I'll actually like try to pretend to be like a prospect to get that demo so that when I come into the company and the VP of sales or the CRO says like, so Neil, what do you think we could change in our company? And I guess, well, I've actually pretended to be a lead and I found these things as well. So I think it's also important if you're an SDR, BDR, before you apply for that job, go request a demo, see what it like feels like to be, you know, a customer. Yeah. And then that's some feedback that you can definitely take into the company as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great approach, to be honest. I think it's a great approach to, to anything. I mean, like you say, you know, it, it doesn't matter uh, kind of how you're coming into that organization or, or, or for what reason you're coming into that organization. I think to see it from a client's perspective or from a customer's perspective is, is you know, I mean, there, there is nothing else that compares to, to, to that kind of experience and, and, and that kind of knowledge. Um, mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I mean, I think, I think it is essential. I think it's essential for, for everybody to be honest. hundred percent, sir. And, uh, kind of like coming back to like the cold streets of Bristol and door to door selling and trying to get people to pay up for this charity and sign up to it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that you, you painted an image in my head of like, you know, coming in at the end of the day with the triangle and the gong and everybody around in applause. And I've been in that as well. Like in my first sales job, we had that, like, even I remember at Zora, uh, like we'd have an electronic gong, right? So every time somebody wow. got an opportunity or booked a new meeting, it was like gong. And it is fun to do that, but some people might find it a bit cheesy and stuff. But as you said, like in that role, you face a hell of a lot of rejection. And that is an understanding in our role. Uh, and we've had it on guests like building that thick skin or, you know, building up a bit of resilience. And I think the key mm -hmm. takeaway there is trying to not take it personally, which isn't always easy. Um, but again, it's that fear element of the rejection. But I think the best thing to do is to just get comfortable with the rejection. I remember being a tele sales rep and doing like hundreds of calls every day and just people telling me to go away, not interested. And what yeah. I used to do is I used to take that energy and think, oh, I love it when people tell me no, because it fires me up a little bit more to yeah, get yeah. onto the next call to see if I can go get that yes. But what are your tips, uh, Stephen, like when facing rejection? Because again, like you said in sales, this is something we're going to face day in, day out, right? Like how do you deal with the rejection? Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I, you know, I think like you said, I mean, I think the, the, one of the key points is don't, you know, don't take it personally um, because it's not a personal thing. You know, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're not rejecting you. They're not rejecting you as a person. Um, you know, it's just, I mean, to be honest, I mean, like one of the, um, uh, one of my key points is, is that, uh, I've, I've always stuck with a philosophy of, uh, no is, is never a no, like a, mm. a no doesn't exist. Like, um, in the sense that, uh, you know, if, if a potential, if a prospect, uh, says no, um, it doesn't, you know, almost almost 100% of the time, it never actually means no. Mm. It, it either means, you know, you've not called me at the right time, or mm. uh, right now is not the right time, or, mm. you know, I haven't had my coffee yet, or mm. like, you know, or, um, or actually I'm a little bit hungry because I haven't had my lunch yet. Yeah. You know, I mean, it could be a thousand different reasons as to why that person that you're speaking to at that point has said, no, I'm not interested. 
um, you know, and almost never is it, I mean, in fact, never is it got anything to do with you personally. Um, it may have something to do with uh, the product um, or the, you know, the services that you're selling them. Um, uh, but, you know, if, if, the, if the conversation's only just started, then it, it doesn't have anything to do with that either because they don't know anything about you or, or you don't, they don't know anything about the product or, or, or the services. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it is just really just, just accepting the fact that, that, you know, none of those, none of those no's mm. are, are personal and none of those no's really mean no. They're just, they're just a, 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 another way of, of you uh, kind of handling that objection mm-hmm. um, and then asking them why are they, you know, why are they saying no? What's yeah. the reason behind their no? And that's actually what you really want. Yeah. Like that, that information is what you really want because yeah. that information is going to be the information that you need in order to, to sell them the product or to sell them the services or, you know, um, because it's, you know, that's, you know, whatever you're selling, um, you know, you won't be talking to them unless, you know, they, unless they, they potentially want to, to buy whatever it is that you're selling. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, you know, it's just really, it's just about understanding. It's about understanding that client. It's about understanding that customer, um, and, and where their, you know, their pain points are. Um, and, and, and then kind of knowing your product well enough to, to be able to immediately identify what elements of your product or your services are going to help to solve those pain points and those problems. Um, and that, I mean, that kind of brings me to, uh, to a very important thing, I think, and that is, um, uh, I actually had uh, not so long ago. I was I was dealing with um, training, um, and I was training some salespeople, um, and uh, and one of them said to me, you know, well actually, you know, I, I think I need some more time to to really know the product, and and um, and my answer was, you don't, you know, I mean, you, yes, it's it's important to know your product, and yeah. yes, it's important to 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 kind of uh, know the different elements, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. but actually you know like i mean i could talk to a prospect without knowing about the product at all yeah and and still get that phone call to a point where they're happy to book in a meeting or a demo or to to you know talk further about um uh, as, as like a you know a discovery call yeah um to to find out whether or not the the, the services that we offer are, are going to be compatible with with what they need you know mm. um and you you know you don't what it is really is is like i say it's just it's just again it's coming back to to listening you know you just listen to that to that client listen to them ask them the right questions um and and just understand that again you know, a no is never a no, you know, yeah. it's, it's a no is actually uh, a very short way of saying, you know, actually there's, there's things that you should be asking me and there's information buried under there that, yeah. that you have to get to. So, yeah, I love it. And that's some, again, some sound advice. And I agree with you, sir. Like, um, as you said, like with the rejection, we are going to face it and it's going to be just part of our sales career and getting comfortable with it is very key and to be comfortable getting comfortable with it early on is also something that's going to help you later down the line as well so by facing those rejections day in day out that's what will help build up that resilience that's what will help build up that hard skin and again to your key point is that don't take it personally because again when you ring this person or you cold call them you don't know what's happened before that call what's going through their life what's happened in their day what things that have got going on in their life and the idea is whenever I was cold calling, I just went in with a mindset of not trying to book a meeting, but just trying to help the other person on the other end of the line. If it was something that was going to help them in their job with a case study or a link or a blog or something to help them out doing what they're doing without them having to sign a sales order, because that's more memorable on a yeah. phone of somebody trying to help you versus trying to somebody, you know, sell to you as well. And I think uh, to your, you know, like your colleague's point as well, I face that as well, where, Neil, uh, I'm, I'm scared to do the discovery call. I'm scared to do the cold call because I don't know the product that well and I'm still a newbie. And I'm like, I'm even saying that to my current uh, uh, team right now. I said, I've only been in the company a month and a half and I don't know all the ins and outs of our platform and product and I don't have to be a product expert. 
But if I can at least do one thing, which is learn a customer story or a customer case study of why a customer came to us, kind of what were the challenges they were facing, what was that persona's life like, and kind of like what did they achieve working through that, I said that's more impactful than being a product expert because I think my times at Showpad, we used to have a saying which was um, 80% of salespeople are product experts and 20% are industry experts or, you know, the ones that have the insights as what's going on in the world. And it's those 20% of those industry experts that are the 80% that bring in 80% of the revenue. So yeah. people don't just want the person that knows how all the bells and whistles work. They want to know what other people in other companies and industries are going through because mm -hmm. that's gold and valuable information to help out your prospect with their strategies um, Absolutely, as yeah. well. Um, and obviously, like, we've, we've learned a hell of a lot in this show today. As, uh, but I also wanted to find out, like, what was the story with Codeca, like being the head of biz dev and becoming like the CCO? Like, what was that journey like and how did you come across those guys? Um, I mean, actually, it was, it was a very cool journey, actually, I've got to say. Um, and uh, uh, again, it was kind of, it was really uh, kind of somebody just putting their, their faith in me, to be honest. Um, so, I mean, I, uh, I was previously working for an online OTA um, uh, and I was doing sales within, within the OTA industry um, and, uh, and I, I left the company um, and, uh, and, and actually I put uh, an open to work post on, uh, on LinkedIn. Hmm. Um, and I think within, within literally within about 60 seconds of posting it, um, I got uh, a message from uh, Martin Obel, who was the, the CEO of Codeca. Yeah. Um, he contacted me and said, uh, "Hey, Steve, you know, I've, I've looked at, um, I've looked over your your LinkedIn profile. Um, I need help. Like, I need help with sales. Yeah. Um, uh, have you got time to have a chat? You know. So, um, so I spoke with him, and and he'd actually been, uh, you know, he's a he's a developer." Um, he's a senior developer, um, and uh, and he'd actually been trying to teach himself sales, mm. um, possibly at the worst time of his life because he was trying to do it uh, during the um, during the pandemic. Yeah. So I mean, trying to teach yourself sales during a pandemic not an easy task. Um, <laughs> trying to teach yourself sales full stop is not an easy task. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, so I had that conversation with him. Um, and, uh, and, and so he, he brought me on board and, uh, initially I started as kind of a, you know, a business development, um, the head of business development. Um, and, uh, and it was, I mean, it was kind of how it worked really. I mean, it was, um, the initial conversation was, you know, can you kind of just come in and come and help? Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of went in with initially with the understanding that I might go in for a month or a couple of months yeah. um, and, uh, you know, put some processes in place for him and maybe, you know, give him some tutoring and, and guidance. And, um, and, uh, and then, you know, within kind of uh, about a month and a half of being there, um, he, he then, you know, said to me, look, you know, I, I I can see what you've done already and, and yeah. I can see, you know, kind of where you're going. Um, and obviously, you know, I'd, I'd kind of laid out a roadmap for him for the next kind of 12 to five years, uh, yeah. sorry, 12 to five years, 12 months to five years. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so then he said, look, you know, is there any chance that you want to stay with the company, basically? Nice. Um, and, uh, and, I, and I mean, I, I was... Um, I was a bit wary because I was looking for the right opportunity, um, you know, because I, I am of a certain age now um, and, uh, you know, and I've, I've got my family to think about, you know, I've got a little boy. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of looking for something more permanent, more kind of, you know, maybe established um, yeah. uh, rather than, uh, you know, kind of a a partially established startup, which is what Kadeka kind of is in a sense. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, but then, you know, having a conversation with him, I just, I just, it felt right, you know? And the, so I just thought, you know, sod it. You yeah, know, you, go for it. You don't, you don't win anything unless you, unless you do. And it kind of, kind of comes back to, you know, facing or feeling the fear and doing it anyway, you know? Um, the, the fear was, not having a you know a permanent contract, working for a startup, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, and I just thought, you know, you've just got to go for it. So I did, 
Um, you know, and he he offered me the chance of coming into the company, at kind of a, a you know CXO uh, level or C level kind of um, yeah. uh, position, um, and I oversee you know the marketing and the sales and the branding, and and then and I and actually I then I thought well hang on a minute you know that's actually exactly what I left my previous company for because I wanted to find a role like that. Yeah. Um, because I, you know, I enjoy the kind of the, the multifaceted kind of role where I can kind of look at different different aspects yeah. and look at the bigger picture as a whole and and, and kind of drive things like that. Um, and and that's what he offered. So I just I just thought, you know, let's do it. You know, <laughs> um, and uh, and so here I am. You know, and and uh, I mean, you know, since starting. Um, you know, we've changed everything. We've rebranded. We've uh, rebranded the company. Uh, we've got a new website that's being that's in development at the moment that will be launched uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks, actually. Nice. Um, and uh, I've just recently just brought in um, uh, the first of my of my team, which is uh, the new head of business development for Kadeka. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I say, I mean, it was everything that I wanted. It was everything that I was kind of looking for. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm very glad now that, that I kind of took that that chance um, and kind of kept that that kind of open mind or that growth mindset, you know. I love um, it. And so, so, yeah, so that's that's how I find myself here today. Wicked. That is a super cool story. As as you was telling that, I was thinking back to that 19-year-old Stephen when that uh, area manager came back and said, you know what, you're doing a really good job. I love what you're doing with the place. I'd love you to do it in another place. And uh, similar to yourself, like the founder of Codeca, like kind of asked you for help. You yeah. came in, like you didn't know how this, how long this was going to run. You implemented a few processes. You're helping them build out. You're giving that roadmap as to how to grow this over the coming years. And he was just like, "I like what you're doing. Like, we'd like you to stay a bit longer and like do some more of this and like like getting yourself in." And you know, that fear of uh, joining a, a, a startup, you know, going into a role which is unknown, how this is going to be? Is this going to be a permanent contract? I face that fear every couple of months with every client that I have so I totally I've lived that and I've gone through that most recently it happened with uh, my current client Happy or I'm an SDR manager where uh, they approached me and said like we're looking for a BDR manager and I'm like I don't really do that anymore because I'm trying to focus more on training and coaching mm-hmm. and they're like just meet with the founder like meet with the VP of sales like meet these guys and girls uh, so I met them met the heads of marketing sales the SDR team themselves like shout out to my team uh, and the more I spoke with them, the more I fell in love with it. And kind of what I'm doing right now is like implementing processes. We're trying to improve stuff. And there is that fear of, I don't know how long this is going to last, but like having that contract in place where we said, all right, for a set period, this is at least what we're going to go for and let's see what we come up with. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally relate to that, dude. Um, but yeah, I think you, you've given some solid advice. And again, to like the listeners and watchers out there, like a lot of us, uh, may come into this role in sales development or biz dev to you know become an account, account executive or you know go into a different department. But there are ways that you can climb up within a company to to your position. Stephen, we had that with Will Coning, who was an SDR for his business. Now he's a CEO. Well, actually, he's hired his first CEO and uh, CFO and and the rest of the senior team. But he started this little thing from the beginning, nice. uh, and we can do that. We can aspire. That's what when I joined. Um, as an SDR, the question put to me by my VP of operations, like, why did you start this? Why did you join this startup? And I was like, because I want to be a CEO of my own company one day and I want to learn that how other people do it. And it took me quite a few years, but I got yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> there was all that way. But lots of gold in today's uh, show, Stephen. And I'm really happy that we had you on board. Uh, and again, like uh, before you joined the show, there was that fear of could you be a good guest? Like, is it going to be relevant? And we <laughs> faced that fear, and here we are today. So I think 100% it has been worth it. So thank you. Um, and a, a question that I love to put to guests is what three bits of advice would you give to a younger version of yourself about to embark on this journey? Or the option is yours. What advice would you give to a future version of yourself, Stephen? Okay. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, I think the, first and foremost, uh, the, um, I think the, the, the best piece of advice that I can possibly give um, is just believe in yourself a hundred percent and don't let anybody you know tell you that you're wrong or that your th- your thinking is wrong and especially that 
you know, I mean, it, it's at the end of the day, a job is a job. And, yeah. you know, uh, there are a lot of jobs out there. You know, I've uh, I've moved around a lot in my career, I've, you know, from different companies, et cetera, et cetera, to working for myself. And, um, but, you know, the the one thing, like I say, the one thing, the most important piece of advice that I could possibly give anybody is just to believe in yourself, to believe in the way that you think, uh, to believe in in how you do things, um, to believe in in your your confidence. Just go out there and just you know get it done. Basically, you know whatever it is that you need to do, just go out there and just get it done, um, uh, and and just put all of that belief. 100% in yourself and in, in your abilities um, and it, you know you will get there regardless you know you might you might come up against all sorts of problems and and, and and bumps along the road but eventually you will get there you know um, and then uh, others I mean I think um, I think definitely kind of harking back to what we were talking about before is is understanding that a no is never a no um, and so, you know, uh, a lot of sales managers that I've worked with in the past, you know, they, they would say, you know, I, how many deals have you lost this week? And my answer was always none, mm. you know, regardless, because even if I'd had, you know, 12 people that said to me, no, thanks, I'm not interested. You know, I haven't lost that. That's not, that's, as far as I'm concerned, that's not a loss. That just means yeah. that the time wasn't right. Um, and, you know, and I just... I would leave it and then go back to them and a lot of the time convert them into sales. Um, you know, so, uh, so yeah, that would definitely be another one. It's just uh, no is never a no um, yep. or a sale is never lost perhaps. Um, and, uh, and then a third one, third one is, I think actually, um, I think, I think uh, always remain open-minded and always educate yourself. Um, you know, find find books like the one that we, that we talked about earlier. Yep. Um, another book that that I really enjoyed that changed things for me was uh, Selling the Invisible. That was a, another good one. Okay, um, it's a, a book called uh, Selling the Invisible by Harry Beckwith. Um, so you can put a link for that one. Up there yep, as well. I'll definitely put a link um, down for that one. Uh, I, do, I might I might contact these these people actually and, and ask for royalties, but um, <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah, you know, just educate yourself in as many different ways as you can. You know, I mean, it, like even if you're even if you're happy with with just remaining in a sales team and, and that's what you want to do because you've got outside interests and things like that, and you you know you're not interested in leading teams, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, yeah. Still, you know, still educate yourself because it, unless you're you know if you're not learning, then you're stuck. Like and and you know nobody wants to be stuck because if you if you get stuck you get bored and if you get yeah. bored then you're you're dead unhappy basically you're, you're not just, a happy seller <laughs> exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and you know and as a seller you have to be a happy seller you know I yep. mean it's it, it harks back to the you know the classic of smile down the phone yeah you know and smile it, and bow yeah yeah absolutely and it, and it is true you know I mean you know people. Uh, you know, people will pick up on your on your tone of your voice, etc., very, very quickly. Um, so, yeah, I, I think those three: believe in yourself. A deal is never a, a no. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and just and just keep educating yourself. I did promise smiles on this show, Stephen. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> I love it. And are there any shout outs that you'd like to give out on today's show, Stephen? Um, yeah, I mean, um, for sure, uh, I'll give a shout out to uh, Martin Ogle, the Kadeka of uh, uh, the Kadeka CEO. Uh, huge shout out to him, um, to uh, to all of my team at Kadeka because um, they are awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, to to, um, to really to to anybody and everybody that I've ever come across in my career. Um, that has, you know, shown faith, uh, given guidance, um, and uh, and given me the room to to kind of grow myself and and develop. That's it. 
straight from the heart, Stephen. Absolutely love that. And shout out to Stephen and all your team as well. Uh, Stephen, it's been an absolute privilege to get you on the show. Uh, and as a, a question I put to guests, like if any of our listeners or watchers uh, want to contact you like through LinkedIn to like pick your brain on any topics or, you know, get those book links or perhaps these publishers giving you your royalties, would it be all right for them to contact you on LinkedIn, sir? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean you know, like I say, uh you know educating yourself is always key um and i am always more than happy to to help anybody you know whether it's just answering a question whether it's actually offering some kind of mentoring or something um you know anything at all reach out to me on linkedin you know stephen sydenham uh you can you can find me on linkedin um and uh, yeah reach out just uh tell me what it is and and we'll find a way to to figure it out absolutely Thank you so much, sir. So I also want to say a big thank you to the listeners and watchers of this show. So remember, if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, please make sure that you subscribe. If you're listening through it in your local podcast platform, please give us a rating and feel free to share this message out with your future or you know your existing sales development or BDRs out there, because what we're trying to do is level up the world of sales development by sharing all these best practices from people like Stephen. But Stephen, again, thank you so much for being a great guest. I wish you a great week uh, and happy selling, sir. Thank you very much, Neil. Thanks for having me on the show. And uh, yeah, massive shout out to all of your all of your followers and all of your listeners. And uh, yeah, massive thank you to you. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for listening to our show today. If you work in tech sales and have a career or story that you'd love to share, then please email us at podcast at happyselling.io and we'll be in contact to book in a show. Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps, so please like, comment, and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to sdrdiscocall, one word, at bcast, which is b-c-a-s-t dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR BDR, MDR or ADR and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io and we'd love to have you on board.